Today, we're so excited to welcome Kristen Shevshunas, a woman whose name you might not yet know, but she is incredible. She is a confidence coach, which means she is talking to women at the top of their game, Division One and Olympic athletes and CEOs of corporations you know well. And Amy, she is the author of 30 Days to Confident, which makes her our next author snack series featured guest. So Kristen, how did you become a confidence coach? Well, I was a swim coach for 16 years. 13 of those years, I was a college coach and I was an assistant at Michigan State for two years and then at SMU for four years. And then I became the head coach at the University of Miami in 2006. Uh, When I became a head coach, let's just say my first few years, the only word I can really use to describe it is tumultuous. I failed miserably. It was hard. I did pretty much everything wrong because when I was at SMU, we were one of the top programs in the country. I was the assistant coach. The head coach and I had a great relationship because we were complete opposites. He's the type of coach that thinks swimming 24-7. I'm the type of coach that thinks about the women, their confidence, you know, life outside of sport. And that's what I helped them with. And so he took care of the swimming. I took care of the women. Well, then when I became head coach, I thought, okay, well, now I need to be what I think a head coach is supposed to be, right? I need to take care of the swimming. I need to hire somebody to take care of the women. Well, I'm embarrassed to say that it took me four years to realize that wasn't working. You know, I was hired to rebuild a struggling program. And four years later, we were still struggling. I mean, we were not good. So then when I decided, okay, let me stop blaming everybody else and take a look at myself, I surrounded myself with mentors and they were like, you know, well, what, what are you great at? And after four years of failing, it's hard to remember what you're great at. Right. And so I didn't really know. And then they said, well, what made you a great assistant coach? Oh, well, that's easy. I took care of the women. I took care of their confidence. And they said, well, you need to start doing that. I said, well, that's not what head coaches do. (laughs) And they said, hey, You can keep doing the same thing or you can, you know, start using your gifts. And let me say at that point, I'm the only female head coach, you know, in swimming in in the ACC. So I'm already kind of standing out like a sore thumb. Right. So, you know, doing this, making this change in my program, I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb even more. But I'm so thankful I took their challenge. And so I hired an assistant coach that thought swimming 24 seven. And I started taking care of the women and I gave them an hour each week where they could come in and it was their safe space to be 100% authentic, 100% just speak truth. And it completely changed my program. What's funny is that probably 20% actually was swimming related. Everything else was just life, you know, related. Um, But anyway, it completely changed my program. It completely changed me. And what I realized is it's not the swimming that I love so much. It's the women and their confidence. So in 2013, I took a huge risk and left my college coaching career and wanted to start doing this one-on-one work with female athletes to help them with their confidence. And how did that impact their performance? Well, I am such a big believer that confidence always revolves around truth. Um, You know, this whole fake it till you make it and all that stuff. I don't believe that you truly make it. I think that 
when we keep, you know, those fears and doubts and all that stuff that, you know, it's too embarrassing, I don't want to talk about, and we, and we shove it down, you know, into the darkness, hoping that it goes away, it doesn't go away. Um, it becomes like an anchor in us. And we go to take a step forward into our potential and we can't move. But when, you know, we start speaking our truth and getting rid of that anchor and being our authentic selves, it gets rid of it so we can start taking steps forward into our potential. And that's what's happened with so many athletes who have come to me and they've been stuck for so long and they're blaming, you know, they're blaming their coach. They're blaming, you know, anything and everything except themselves. And when they start taking a look at themselves and start speaking truth and getting honest, it gets rid of that anchor and they're able to step forward. What is the hardest part about your job? Well, some people will not crack. Some people, you know, they have been taught that, you know, to speak your truth and admit that is weakness. And especially in the sports world, right? Like you cannot talk. Well, I guess it's everywhere. It's not just the sports world. But, you know, I can't talk about this. I can't admit that I'm afraid. I can't, you know, admit this because it makes me look weak. And some people, you know, because no matter how many examples I give, you know, no matter how many times I say, hey, I work with the best in the world and here are their fears, you know, here's they're scared to death, too. Some people, you know, it's it's just too hard to crack them. But when people finally crack <laughs> and get real, that's where real change happens. What techniques do you have to get someone like that to open up? Well, you know, I, number one, have to be my authentic self. So I share all my junk as well. But, you know, a lot of what I like to do is, and, and I do this when I speak as well, because I've talked to so many, you know, female athletes, and I've asked them the question, you know, what are you thinking in that pressure to perform moment, right? For swimming, it's right behind the blocks, right before you race, you know, for other sports, it's walking out onto the field, you know, for business women, it's walking into a presentation or walking into a meeting where you're the only woman there. What is going through your mind? And I've kept a list of the top things that I hear you know, with people who are willing to get honest with me. And it's really scary stuff. Like, you know, when I first started doing this and started realizing the terror <laughs> that people are feeling, it's it's just so funny because, you know, what I've learned about fear is everyone experiences it, but everyone also thinks they're the only one experiencing it. And when you think you're the only one, you're not going to talk about it, you know, because something must be wrong with me. I must be weak. You know, this idea of mentally tough, I'm failing miserably. And so nobody ever talks about it. So I like to share, you know, swimming Olympic trials was two weeks ago. If you only knew what I went through that week, you know, with my clients and they're terrified and they're crying and they're, you know, they're scared to death and that's okay. It's not about, you know, not being afraid. It's about learning how to handle those fears. So yeah, most people will crack, but there are some that it has just been ingrained in them. I, I am not allowed to say this. I'm not allowed to admit it. And, and they won't crack. So what do you say to those people who do crack? What do you say to get them into a headspace so that they're not going out into the field or the boardroom or the pool with terror? Well, what I do like to say is you're going to go there. You're going to go to the fear. You're going to go to the doubt. I mean, I think that that's 100% normal. And the reason that I say that too is because we beat ourselves up when we go there. 
what's wrong with me? You know, why am I so nervous? You know, I must be weak or I must, there must be something wrong with me. No, you're gonna go there. It's very normal. You just can't stay there. And for, you know, most of my work is figuring out where do we go when we're in that fear? Where do we go? And for me, again, it's always truth. You speak to women. Why not men? Well, I mean, I do work with men occasionally, but the reason, you know, I made the decision to make my business all about women is because, you know, women are never the priority. What are the gender differences in confidence? Well, I think that there's a lot of differences. Obviously, you know, as women in the world that we live in, we have a completely different perspective. And I do think that, you know, how we process things can be very different. You know, I'm sure you guys being in the business world, you know, you've heard the um, the example of, you know, if there's a job opening and there are 10 prerequisites and, you know, if a woman doesn't have all 10, she will not apply for the job. But if a man has or excuse me, if a man has one of the prerequisites, you know, he will go for the job. And I've asked men, what is that? Right. And they're like, well, who cares? Like, let's just see what happens. And I said, I think that that's where we start as women. Like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go for it. But then all of a sudden we start processing and going through our brain and we start thinking, what if I go in there and they ask me a question I don't know? What if, you know, I go in there and they're like, you don't even have all the prerequisites. What are you doing here? You know, and we start these what ifs going worst case scenario, of course, right? And we just start taking steps back from our dreams. So I think, you know, these what ifs are kind of my main focus and really focusing in on what are these what ifs, because when a what if enters a woman's mind, almost always we go worst case scenario. We rarely walk into, you know, a pressure filled moment thinking, what if this is the greatest moment of my life? You know, we're thinking about everything that can go wrong and we're scaring ourselves. We're throwing ourselves into panic and going, never mind, never mind not going after that. And what helped you personally gain so much confidence in your life? Speaking. Look, when I was the head coach at Miami, you know, I had the title, I had a rep to protect, you know, I, nobody knew what was truly going on inside of me. I was in turmoil. I was lonely. I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't have confidence, but I was going to make people think that I did have it. And in 2012, I believe it was, I started counseling and I found a woman who cracked me. <laughs> and that big wall that I had up, it got knocked down. And, you know, I mean, it just all came out. And I just realized that confidence comes when you have nothing left to hide. And I was hiding so much, you know, I was just performing for everybody and not being my authentic self. So, I started speaking. I started being real. I got rid of that anchor. I started being who I am instead of who I thought everybody else wanted me to be. How do you take your message to women executives at corporations rather than sports teams and athletes? Well, what's funny is I was doing a confidence seminar with, uh, for moms and daughters a couple of years ago with, with an Olympic swimmer. And I did my talk, you know, which revolves around those pressure to perform, you know, moments and, and how to, how to handle those. And when I was done with the first session, one of the moms came up and she made a beeline for me <laughs> when I was done speaking. 
And she was very intimidating. You could tell she had it together. You know, she was, you could see she was a powerful woman. And she came up and she's like, this isn't just an athlete thing. I was like, okay, talk to me. She's like, I'm an attorney. And she said, I know I'm smart. I prepare my butt off. I know what I'm doing. And I walk into court feeling confident. She goes, but the minute I get into court, she goes, that swinging door to get to my table. She goes, that swinging door is because I use behind the blocks moments for swimmers, like because behind the blocks is the scariest moment where you're feeling the pressure. She said that swinging door is my behind the blocks moment. She goes, the minute I walk through that swinging door, it's as if I have no confidence left. And then she goes, and you know what pisses me off the most? <laughs> she said, I look over at the other table and there's a man standing there who I know isn't as smart as me because I've been up against him before. And I know full well he hasn't prepared like me, yet he stands there with so much confidence. And I was like, yeah, this isn't just an athlete thing, you know, is it? So whenever we are feeling the pressure and those what ifs, you know, this tidal wave of fear is coming on, you know, it doesn't matter if you're standing behind the blocks at the Olympic Games, or again, you're walking into a presentation or a really important meeting, you're feeling the pressure, the fears are coming, the doubts are coming. How do we move forward from that? So Kristen, you mentioned mothers and daughters. Do you see any patterns in the families that have raised more confident children? You know, I think... When kids are allowed to be their authentic selves, I think that that is really, you know, where I see it the most, where they don't, they don't live in a home where they have to tap dance or perform like they can truly be, you know, themselves. And I also think that, you know, because I have worked with a lot, a lot of clients who really struggle with feeling the pressure from their parents. And we all know that we we want to make our parents proud. You know, what if I disappoint my parents? That's one of the top things that I hear from athletes. We already want, you know, to make our parents proud. When parents are throwing more pressure on them, and especially when they will actually get in trouble if they don't perform at a certain level, let me tell you, like the, the pressure just gets too much for these kids. So, I remember one pit when I was in college, one of my teammates' dad said, you know, when it comes to swimming, he goes, here's how I do it. He said, if they're dry, I say good luck. If they're wet, I say good job. And that's the only thing I say about sport. And um, I just think that that's so important, you know, to not put extra pressure because the kids already feel it. And I've just seen too many kids get completely broken down by the pressure and the fear of getting in trouble because they don't perform well. So what I've noticed in interviewing a lot of successful people is that no matter where they came from, whatever socioeconomic situation or problems in their childhood, if they had parents who made them believe that they could be anything they set their mind to and really consistently told them how awesome they were and kept with that message, they had a much better shot of becoming a hugely successful adult. Does that mirror what you've seen? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think I was just having this conversation last night. You know, somebody used the example of they had heard this story about a kid who came from not a great background, but ended up taking the SAT and his score was like genius level. 
And when he saw that, he's like, oh my gosh, I really am smart. And then went on to college and then got his MBA and then became a CEO and stuff like that. And later down the road, I don't know if this is true or not, but she was telling me this story later on down the road after that, like he found out that they had um, accidentally doubled his score. So his, his score was like half of what it was, but because he believed he was a genius, he went on to do great things. So absolutely, absolutely what you learn in your home, you know, is going to be what you take with you. What are you insecure about or where do you lack confidence today, if anywhere? Oh, of course I do. I mean, I struggle just like everybody else does. And I think that that's important for everybody to understand is like, there are going to be days you got it. And there are going to be days where you really, you know, struggle. But I will say, you know, I grew up thinking I wasn't that smart. Right. So that's what I've struggled with is not feeling very smart. So when I'm speaking in front of business women, I see them as geniuses, you know, and I'm not, you know, not that smart. So, you know, what if they're like, who is this swim coach coming in here to talk to us? Why is she, you know, what if they think I'm a moron? What if, you know, so that always goes, you know, through my mind. And, you know, the truth that I always have to pull myself back to is, because again, you're going to go there, you just can't stay there. So the truth I pull myself back to is, you know, they didn't bring me in here to talk about algebra, because that would be awful. <laughs> they brought me in here to talk about confidence. I've been doing this for a really long time. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm actually good at what I do. If you, you know, could see any future for yourself, and this goes to confidence, like, where do you want your career to go? Honestly, like, I absolutely love what I do. I love, love, love speaking. So I definitely would love to do more of that. But I will never, I will never stop doing the one on one work, because that is where I learn the most. And I think the greatest change comes from, you know, when you have that safe space to come in and just 100%, you know, speak truth, I think it's just been like so life changing, you know, for so many of my clients. It's my purpose. Tell us about your book. It's called 30 Days to Confident, and it's a 30-day confidence challenge for female athletes specifically. Um, I wanted to do something special, you know, for female athletes. So it is 30 days. You know, I thought of the 30 most important lessons about confidence that, you know, that I felt was important. So every day you read a short, you know, story. And then there's a journal section and you have to answer these tough, challenging questions. So the goal is to spend 15 to 20 minutes a day on your confidence for 30 days. And what I say is I plant the seed with the story, you know, the lesson and the questions. And then you have to water that seed with the work. And these questions that I ask, you know, again, they're not shallow, easy questions. They are, let's go deep and get to the root of what's really going on. If you enjoy What's Her Story with Sam and Amy, please do leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and do let us know what you think of the author snack series by commenting on Instagram at What's Her Story Podcast. 